Nearly every parent with more than one child has one kid who loves the rules and another who doesn't. This came up in a conversation the other day with Jim Daly. He looked at me. He said, John, you're a firstborn. It's like, yeah, I'm the rule follower. And if nobody's looking, I'll enforce the rules on the rest of my siblings. That's the way it was when I was growing up. I was the firstborn rule follower, and my other siblings weren't particularly fond of that. They didn't like me being the surrogate parent. Well, I'm John Fuller, joined by Dr. Danny Huerta. He heads up our parenting team here. And Danny, you've got two children. So is it firstborn is the rules person, or is it flipped as it sometimes is in families? No, it is the firstborn. Okay. Yeah, my, my son, Alex, he just naturally follows rules. It's just a part of his nature, whereas my daughter, uh, rules are suggestion. <laughs> and uh, she, she sees them as very bendable yeah. and uh, negotiable, and so she's more of our rule tester. Well, my son is the rule enforcer. Yeah, well, this came up because we were talking about a family who had a firstborn that was trying to manage the behavior of the other kids in the vehicle. And it was it was like, yeah, I, I could relate to that. So does that ever happen? Does Alex ever say, hey, the rule is? Oh, yeah. And how yeah. does she respond to that? <laughs> oh, it goes amazingly beautiful, John. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah no, it, uh, it's frustrating. and it's roses frustrating and sunsets. To, yeah, it's the, frustrating to Lexi. Uh, yeah. and, and Alex, I uh, love his heart. He, he loves to... He doesn't even question whether God's real or not. He's like, I, I love God. He's put the Bible there. I'm going to yeah. follow that. Whereas Lexi, she asks the questions. And, and you, seriously, I like both kinds and every yes. kind in between. Every child is different. We want to help you understand your child and how to communicate with them. Um, specifically, Jim Dale and I spoke with Connie Albers. She's got five very different adult children. And she explains how she's learned to understand and communicate with them. The goal of listening is to learn about your teen, not what you can do for them. Yeah. The problem solving that we so quickly go to. Uh, That's really critical. Can I share a story with you? I write about this in the book. I, I kind of learned from, I learned how important this was from one of my daughters. She loves to talk and she would always talk with me. And I would notice that she would get frustrated with me more often uh, as the time went on. And one day we were driving and I said something and she just got so upset. And she said, Mom, stop interrupting me. And I just stopped. And I said, I'm not interrupting you, sweetie. I'm just trying to get more information. And she goes, no, I don't want you to fix my problem. I just want you to listen. Boy, you better bet from that moment on, I learned Mm. she just needed a sounding board. What we have to remember, mom and dad, is our children already know what we believe. They know our values. They know how we're going to respond. We know how the three-step plan of how we would fix it. No, no, no. I need another lecture. Yeah, right? (laughs) My my kids would say I was a world-class lecturer. I I would tell them from 16 different perspectives because I wasn't quite sure which one they would understand. And Yeah, you keep going until they give you some sort of signal that, yeah, I got that. Yeah, and as they get older. It's usually after the first one. It's like, got it, mom. Um, but you know, when we when we stop, and there are hindrances to getting your kids to talk to you, and that is if we're too busy. Hmm. 
if we're too busy. That's you know, a good our one. children, I did not realize this. When I was writing the book, my kids came in and told me one time, because I, I, you know, I had to vet them. Um, it is, you know, part of their story. And I don't talk about their fails. I talk about my mom fails. But they told me that they could always tell if it was a good time to talk to me by the way I was cutting carrots in the kitchen. <laughs> Who knew? I can so clearly see that. And I don't know you. Apparently, if you're Correct. having a bad day. <laughs> my, my general rule of thumb is never argue with a woman holding a sharp knife. <laughs> well, I'd say anybody, but that's so true. So, you know, are you giving off the vibe that you're approachable, yeah. that you're available? Do they know that you're not immediately going to overreact or disapprove? That's so key. They want to know that what they want to say to you, you're going to hear it without the immediate reaction. And sometimes that, and I'll, I'll give you all a tip what I used to do, and we may end up having a lot of families like this, but when I was really trying to process something, I would just start humming <laughs> because it kept me from speaking. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they knew if mom was humming, it's probably because she was processing something. That's amazing. Um, don't talk at them. They're just little adults in the process. Talk to them and with them. And the other is don't be so quick to correct. Ask them, how would you solve that? And these are good tips that are all in the book. Yes. And, and I want people to, to get a copy, obviously. We've got a couple of minutes here. I want to mention something that is kind of in this same area, but I want to make sure we punch it, if I could say it that way, um, that parents need to squash their fear. Mm. Mm. Now, I think men and women may have a different perception as to what you mean. But I would love to know. Tell well, me tell what me what you're... you mean. <laughs> no, you go first. Oh, uh, okay. We often get afraid that we're going to ruin them, that we're not doing enough, that our children are going to reject us, that our children are going to reject the Lord, that our children are going to listen to the peers more than us. And we're, we're trying to figure out how do we do this without being and being confident and bold and so that's why i say we've got to squash the fear because god has given you these children to teach and train as i mentioned earlier but what do we replace the fear with the to truth. help us get to that goal okay so we replace the fear with the truth we we squash out the doubt and the worry and we replace the fact that we know we're working on building a relationship and we know that we're communicating to our child that I am your greatest cheerleader, that you can trust me, that you belong in this family, that your identity is found in us and not in others. I mean, first in the Lord, but in our family units, this is where you fit. This is where we get you. Even though sometimes we don't get you, this is the safe place for you to thrash around and figure it out and not get it right. And so when we talk about fear, don't be afraid what if your kids are going to hurt or harm your reputation. It's not about your reputation and it's not about your children embarrassing you. They might. You're going for something bigger. This is just a season, and in a few short years, you're going to be out of the season. Well, in fact, you had a powerful story about a young, successful man you met uh, who experienced a lot of conflict with his parents in yeah. the teen years. What's his story? That changed my parenting. That changed the trajectory of my parenting. It was so powerful. He was a very successful man, and he made several comments during a presentation I heard, and I went up to him, and I asked him more about the story, and he just said, everything I did was viewed as rebellion. My parents wanted me inside this nicely fit box of these were the rules, these are the limits, these are the boundaries. And he was an adventurer, he's a risk taker, he's a leader, he's an entrepreneur, and it didn't fit within their parameters. So every time he stepped out of that, 
he got smacked back. And I don't mean physically smacked back, but verbally, he would get pushed back. He would get in trouble. He would get grounded. He'd get privileges taken away. And basically, the spirit of who he was was being squelched. Hmm. And the sad reality is he would try to explain, and it kind of goes back to listening. He would explain to him, no, I'm not trying to do this. I'm just trying to be me. And I'm not you, and they wouldn't hear of it. And sadly, to this day, and this was many, many years ago, the relationship was so badly damaged because the parents were so concerned that he fit into the box that was constructed that how their family was supposed to be, like we would always say, we're the Albers family, and this is what we do. (laughs) Right, man, have we heard that. Right? (laughs) And, And my kids to this day, they take pride in that. But not because everybody has to think and act and do the same thing. We celebrate the differences. And I do talk about this. And if I have a minute, how did I squash the fear? It's because I went to the child and I knew my artistic child is going to create beauty to the world in a way that only she can create it. And my son is going is an engineer. He's logical and sequential. And God has a unique path and purpose for his life. And when I started to embrace the person that they were, I let go of the fear. No, because that's ultimately, good. Jim, they're God's kids. Right. And he's got a plan for them. And we have to trust him with the children that he has given us. But Connie, that is really hard to do, don't you know? It is. It's a process. All right, Danny. So um, address the parent who's got that rule breaker child. Um, What can they do to kind of encourage and direct that personality in a productive way? Well, remember, behaviors are only part of the picture. Though, I mean, look at how Jesus uh, handled the rule breakers. He wanted to understand the heart. What was behind that? Mm -hmm. Are they curious? Is there repentance? Is there brokenness behind that? Is there humility, a moldability behind that? Or is there rebellion, a disrespect, a hatred, an anger towards something? What's behind it? So as a parent, when you're exploring those behaviors, go backwards. What emotions led to that? What thoughts? What are the beliefs around rules? And maybe ask the question, so why do you think we even have this rule? Hmm. Because it's not that fun to enforce it. So there must be a reason why we put this rule, why we think it's important. And a rule maybe could be helpful for your freedoms. Could that be? And could it be that rules are loving? Make sure you ask your rule breakers a lot of questions because it helps them have stop signs to learn how to ask themselves questions. Many times you'll see that kids, especially younger kids, It's a curiosity. They're testing whether or not you are serious about that rule. Maybe you haven't been consistent in the past. Make sure you look inward first as well. Is that the rule that needs to be there? Is that just convenient for me? Would it make sense if I was that child? Mm. There's a lot of complexity to rules, and the behaviors are only a part of it. And Sometimes we become very reactive to the behaviors rather than just taking the time to mold the child, and and then you'll begin to see the behaviors change. Okay. Well, so uh, I was, when I was parenting our our six kids, I tended to kind of manage the chaos. I wish I would have been more reflective, as you're uh, describing. Uh, Our producer suggested that this is a gifting. This Mm -hmm. rule-breaking is a gifting. Mm -hmm. So help me just kind of shift my mindset so I'm not seeing it as a personal affront one more thing to manage, but I'm seeing it as a potential gifting. Yeah, it's a person that begins to learn about their convictions, their beliefs, because they are uh, 
potentially going to have some type of consequence that goes with it, and they have to make a decision. They'll be the ones that 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 can can uh, explore new territory. Uh, they can help stretch people to not just fear the consequence or fear disappointing people. They're going to do it because they feel, yeah, I really need to do this. And there are certain rules sometimes that um, are opposed to our beliefs as Christians. Hmm. And wow, what does that mean? That's where the gifting part comes in. That could be a gifting. They can stand strong against rules that uh, might offend our Christian sensibilities. Well, and it may be that it helps us understand our own heart and how hmm. how God is is having to deal with our own stubbornness as well, yeah. and it could be a gift to us in our blind spot, right? Uh, as parents, now realize it's not always going to go perfect. Whenever you can have a teaching moment, it's great. I think it's a reminder for parents to know that behaviors don't tell the whole story. Make sure you're not just living in reacting to behaviors because you miss out on a lot of great information about your child and uh, a lot of exploration. Uh, and strengthening of that yeah. relationship with your child when they're breaking the rules. Well, Danny, always good insights from you. And as a mom or a dad, you'll find more on this topic in Connie's book, Parenting Beyond the Rules. Uh, we're making that available for a one-time gift, or if you can, a monthly pledge of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. You'll find all the details to donate and uh, to get that book in the show notes. At our website, Danny's team has a number of articles for you. One is called Four Powerful Ways to Love Your Teens and Help Them Like You Back, maybe. Uh, We're going to link over to that in the episode notes as well. Next time, Connie discusses how you can choose to trust God's promises and let go of fear as a mom or a dad. For Danny Huerta and the entire team here, thanks for joining us today. I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. 